Sourcing for Innovation podcast, episode 11. My name is Adam Curtis, back again with Jacob Shu And Jacob, we're going to get right to this. We got some big catalyte news today. So I'm not going to say anything else. I'm going to turn it over to you. What are we talking about today? Well, thanks, Adam. Uh, you know, we've got some um, really great news today around catalytes supercharging our growth. Uh, we've done something that's actually been quite unprecedented, at least in this industry, which is that uh, we have, first of all, raised a very large Series A round of $27 million. Uh, what's unique about this round is that we raised it uh, entirely from small uh, and individual investors and small funds. Uh, so it's it's actually not one or two big investors coming in. It's like 30 uh, uh, very uh, high-profile investors who really care about our mission and what we're trying to achieve. The second thing that we did concurrently, and these two deals closed literally back-to-back, is that uh, we are announcing the acquisition of a company called Surge, uh, which is a company that's going to uh, put Catalyte over the top. It's going to make us one of the largest uh, American software engineering services companies on a combined basis. First of all, congratulations to you, to the company. This has been great news, and I'm so glad that we can finally talk about. Um, but what's the outcome of this? Everything doesn't just happen just to happen. But what, what are we going to gain from this? What are our clients going to gain from this? And what is sort of the industry at large going to gain from these two things? Well, by being one of the largest uh, software engineering services companies that has delivery uh, done entirely domestically, is that first, you know, this is going to enable us to better serve our clients, right? So it'll improve the outcomes around the ability to scale up and serve clients with different types of developers and engineers. Uh, it'll give us the ability to actually implement different types of delivery models for our clients. You know, Catalyte has traditionally been a managed services business, which is that we're taking on programs and engagements where we work on a continuous basis with our clients. But there are also many clients who are looking for, frankly, staff augmentation services, the ability to actually meet short-term needs and find experts and, and developers and consultants who can actually be deployed uh, sometimes on a short term, sometimes on a continuous basis to solve specific problems. Um, it also enables us to actually uh, deliver our services in more cities across the United States since Surge is a nationwide player. So it, it enables us to also very quickly have a platform to launch a number of new development centers. So our strategy and our plan is to actually triple the number of development centers we're going to have in the United States um, this year. Uh, we're also expanding ultimately more careers for people who want to become developers and engineers. So this gives us the ability to actually uh, increase the number of people that we bring into Catalyte and also give our employees greater uh, career paths as well. So they can actually build longer term careers here uh, in different types of models uh, for really kind of achieving their ultimate career goals. Expanding the talent pool nationally and then keeping more of those great people here at Catalyte. That's right. So one of the key reasons why we've done this is that you know, we're looking at this industry quite differently. We're looking at it from perspective of career life cycles for developers and software knowledge uh, workers. For example, when you start off in your career in software development, it's best to always be part of a bigger team in a more structured environment where you're really learning how to work as a team. You're learning how to uh, deliver work together as part, you know, you're learning, learning to deliver bigger types of products and create bigger types of uh, programs for your clients. Now, as your career advances and you enter sort of the middle stage of your career, you know, uh, you want to start getting a diversity of experience. You know, at that point, you're trying to pick up additional skills, whether it be new platforms and languages, uh, new, new environments, you're trying to learn different methods. So at that point, actually having an ability to actually 
rotate across lots of different types of uh, uh, learning opportunities is actually key to actually accelerating that mid uh, part of your career. And then ultimately, as you reach sort of the, the top of your, your your career game, if you would, you know, you can then choose your own adventure, right? Do you want to go on to become a CTO or a COO or, a, you know, you want to go down a business track or a management track or a technical track? Or do you want to go down a self-employed or entrepreneur track? Uh, or do you want to go down a lifestyle track? Um, so there comes a point where a person achieves sort of what they want to achieve in terms of their career level or where they are in terms of that career path. And then you can actually start making some choices around that you can really try to choose if you want to optimize compensation, uh, flexibility of schedule. Do you want to continue to advance very rapidly through you know, a, a career path? And that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to give people that opportunity here at Catalyte to do all of those things. Now, this is possible because Catalyte has uh, the ability to find developers from undiscovered sources. So we'll be able to expand uh, that platform aspect of it as we grow. And then also Surge's model is more of a contractor model. So you want to explain a little bit about that and how that works into this uh, expanded career opportunities? Uh, so Catalyte, everybody is a fully employed W-2 employee. Right. So in there, you're basically salaried and benefits, and uh, you basically work uh, you basically work on engagements and projects that the company wins um, that you get to be part of that team to to, to deliver. Surge the model is 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 different in that it's really more of a self-employed model. Most of the contractors set up their own companies companies that they contract them, themselves through, or they might actually also potentially hire uh, a couple of their friends. You know, they essentially can uh, uh, contract and find project opportunities through Surge to work on. Um, and they can either work from home or they can work on site with clients, but they can essentially work anywhere in the country. And that's actually one of the things that's really unique about uh, the Surge model is that it's first nationwide. Uh, most of the work actually is delivered remotely. So for their clients, uh, their contractors are typically working from home, um, you know. But the important thing is that they're on, they're responsible and accountable for delivering the work at high quality, on time, on budget. But they're individual contributors to those clients' engagements. Now, the benefit of that model is that it's an on-demand model. So for those clients who, and there's a reason why the name is Surge, right? There comes a point where many clients where they need to surge to get something done, right? They need to really rapidly increase the team, increase the capacity or the talent on the that they have to get solve a certain problem that they're looking to solve. And that's where Surge really plays in very well, is that on demand, uh, you know, typically within you know, just a few days, you can actually have a very senior developer who's a, really an expert developer. Otherwise, they really have no business actually working independently. But an expert senior developer will be able to actually be deployed and, and, and working on solving that problem within days of contacting Surge. Now, this seems to fit in well with the, the rise of the, the freelance or gig economy, uh, as you would call it. Um, is that the case here? Is this really where Catalyte is embracing sort of this future of work? Yes. The reality of where business is going, as every company is undergoing this digital transformation, every industry and every company essentially becoming a technology company, adaptability, that ability to actually change on the fly, that ability to actually have that ultimate flexibility to kind of turn on a dime and pivot, if you want to use a uh, kind of a Silicon Valley kind of term, uh, that really comes down to your ability to actually find the talent you need to actually make that change, to, to make that pivot, to make that uh, you know, adaptation. What we're providing, what Surge is providing at the end of the day, is that capacity to make that change, to, to really innovate or to be able to make that change faster. The, the gig economy, the beauty of it is it's on demand. When you hit that problem, you can find the person uh, to, to actually help you solve that problem. 
Now, most of our clients on the search side uh, end up working with the client for a long term, right? So what ends up happening is that they, they, they engage with them to find a consultant, to find a developer or engineer to help that solve the problem. But oftentimes, that person becomes a key part, a core part of the client's team. Um, and they continue there. And they continue as part of that of, over the long run. So, you know, again, it's just different models, um, how we anticipate it working. And it's already working for certainly a, a few of our clients where both Surge and Catalyte are working together in these accounts. Um, there are different models for different types of engagements. Uh, and if you look at the innovation or IT portfolio of most large companies, they're going to have both staff augmentation and managed services um, working together to achieve all of their goals. So Surge plus Catalyte can now um, really fill any of those engagement models that a client might need. Yes, but we're doing it in a very modern way. We're doing it in a way that, that really emphasizes the talent and emphasizes the uh, inherent benefits of each model. We're not trying to force fit our clients to do it just one way. We're trying to do it, um, address what the client needs in terms of flexibility, but also in terms of scale and cost, putting together the right delivery model for the specific um, need that our client might have. But we're doing it again in a fairly modern way because most most of the times when you look at the sort of the world of staff augmentation and contracting, it's been driven by a lot of, you know, first of all, H-1B kind of visa issues. It's been driven by kind of force-fitting developers to solve something. We're trying to do this in a more market-driven way. So it's really driven by what clients need. And then on our side, being able to actually leverage a pool of developers who uh, are, are mature and who can handle those things. And, and quite frankly, I mean, that's also another one of the areas where I think Catalyte's going to have some really diff good differentiation in terms of how we're approaching staff augmentation is that, you know, our model isn't really a matchmaking model where we're trying to just find any contractor who might fit a specific need. We're, we're implementing uh, our sort of uh, assessment program, our CatPlat program, um, so that we're trying to find the best developers, right? So the goal at the end of the day is that for any of our clients who are kind of coming together, coming to us to, to do staff augmentation, they can be guaranteed that the people they have are going to be people who can work independently, who can actually solve that problem and get the work done versus just be somebody who uh, matches one specific skill profile they may have on the job rec. Now, you, you mentioned the market needs of clients, and two of those big ones, at least seem, to me, seem to be you know, the need for agile development work, and then also the need or the want or the understanding that that work is best done onshore. So are those two trends also sort of a factor into this in both uh, acquiring Surge so that we can have more of that onshore presence, and then also um, sort of what really was, um, uh, you know, look good to the investors, that this is something that we are able to, to capitalize on and take in all the benefits of this onshoring trend. In previous discussions, we've talked a lot about agile development, right, and how it's different from the way software used to be built. Uh, you know, agile is much more iterative. It's, uh, it requires uh, both the client and our teams to really have a much better idea of a shared context and a shared outcome of what you're trying to get to. And of course, it's adaptable and flexible, right? So that you can, uh, so, so that the, the, the process is such that proximity becomes a big enabler. Um, when you have this issue of, of being able to actually be able to really work side by side together and do more of a sprint-based approach to getting work done, it of course makes sense that the team who's sitting side by side with you or certainly nearby, is going to have a better understanding and better ability to actually have that shared understanding of what needs to be built, that shared context, than a team that's going to be remote. 
and we're not even talking about offshoring, right? We're talking about just in a different city, right? Even a, you know, even having to make a phone call to a team that's kind of different uh, already introduces friction into that whole process. So that's one of the reasons why, you know, at Catalyte, we talk a lot about this farm-to-table software development idea, right? Is that for our clients, the ability to actually deploy teams locally um, in the same city, oftentimes on site, is is a big enabler of why we get the performance that we do on agile development projects. Um, and so that's what that's really what's happening is that you know because the the industry is moving to this agile approach, the distributed sort of traditional distributed model uh, offshoring model is having a very difficult time addressing this iterative world, right? Because it's very hard to actually do that sort of to to do agile when you're dealing with a different time zone. Right. That's just the reality of it. We use proximity. We believe proximity is a big enabler of efficiency, of performance, and of quality uh, when it comes to agile projects. We're launching development centers in big, major cities that so we can actually serve clients in big metro areas. Um, Surge enables us to actually be able to serve clients all over the country. Again, because the model is a sort of a, a gig economy type of model, because people, you know, the developers there are all independent people who can actually build and run products on their own. Uh, these are developers who are all over the country. So they can conceivably be deployed on site with our clients all over the country. But more importantly, uh, the nature of the work is that the clients can actually engage with them and actually have the work delivered all over the country as well. Now you mentioned these, the new development centers, and a large part of that uh, I would assume is to be able to go out and again find more of that undiscovered talent. What Catalyte really does well. Explain again the, the need for this. Like, why is this a thing? Why don't we just go out and hire in a traditional way? I know we've talked about this before, but to really hammer home this point about what this fundraising, what this acquisition are going to be able to do, not just for us, but for sort of the American workforce at large. That's really what it's all about at the end of the day, right? And I think the number one thing that uh, Catalyte and Surge is doing differently from other services companies or other companies in the in the space is that we're looking at this from the developer, right? We're looking at this from you know to use a business term the supply chain, right? Where we really are looking at it from the, the standpoint of how do we use modern technology, modern methods to identify um, identify extraordinary talent, right? A, a talent that oftentimes has been sidelined because you know in this world we've tend to emphasize pedigree and resumes and CVs and what school you went to and what companies you work for. We seem to be, you know, those are the signals that people seem to be used to hire people. But that's a very outdated model, right? I mean, today, given this big data world that we're in, this world now where we can essentially start to collect data about people and also be able to actually find ways of actually assessing talent in new different ways using data, um, we're able to develop talent from really unconventional backgrounds, right? And so that's one of the things that enables this whole, this entire model to work is that the fact that we can use predictive, predictive analytics, we can use AI to essentially find, first find that talent, and then also assist us in ways to actually get that talent onboarded and trained and and, and up that learning curve into this, this the, and into a developer career. Um, that's something that's very unique about Catalyte. That's what makes this whole thing work. Um, and oftentimes, again, the reason why you know using that technology to do this helps us find the right people, but then also how we train people, right? How we actually get people onboarded. The fact that we're you know from day one that a person enters our program, they're being taught 
as a unit, right, as a cohort, that they're being working as a team. The fact that the way that they learn is structured as agile scrum kind of based learning, um, those are all things that reinforce modern software development. So that when our teams come out and they start working with our clients, it's not a foreign thing. It's not a process that they're trying to follow or they're trying to adhere to. It's something that happens very naturally to them. They're all taught um, in you know this method, this way of thinking, thinking like an owner, thinking like a product person, um, the ability to actually be able to actually to, to build products from beginning to end um, on a continuous basis using agile methods. That's something that's very unique about how, how our developers um, are taught to deliver. Now this developer focused um, aspect of Catalyte is really something that, again, makes the company stand out, I assume is part of the reason that enticed a lot of these investors. You mentioned this was a little bit different. Again, these weren't large institutional ones. These were people who were interested in a company that can uh, do well and also uh, do well for the community. Do you want to explain the importance of that message and how that resonated uh, with the investors? The best way to think about this is that you know it's a it's it's essentially a Series A. So it's a twenty seven million dollar Series A, which is frankly a lot larger than most Series A rounds are for a company of this size. Uh, so that's that's the first hallmark. The second is that it was essentially a big friends and family round, what people in Silicon Valley like to call party rounds, right? Um, and so we've we had investors who you know. You know, investors who literally wrote very, very small checks um, up to an, some a number of very uh, well-known funds who've actually come in as well. Right. So the, the the goal really was not around how much money could we raise. Um, the goal actually for us was how do we find investors who really live. Uh, and understand and want to be part of this mission that we're on around advancing human potential for the future economy. I, you know, beyond sort of individuals that we had who, you know, frankly, some of them, you know, literally wrote check sizes in the thousands of dollars, um, you know, all the way up to very well-known, respected global investors, people like Steve Case with Revolution's Rise of the Rest Fund, uh, you know, Troy Carter, who uh, has, uh, who's heading up cross-culture ventures and who's the CEO of Atom Factory. He was the global head of creator services at Spotify and he was Lady Gaga's f former manager. Uh, we had people like Xpon Capital, uh, which is a fund that was really built around this idea of exponential organizations. Um, Palm Drive Capital out of New York, an early stage seed stage investor who made investments in companies like Jet.com. So, you know, we, we've, we have a really interesting mix of very established professional investors, um, but also mix it up with really people who just really believed in the mission. It was a very, very interesting round in how we raised it. At the end of the day, the important thing I wanted to mention is that you know, the reason why we actually approached this profile investors was that we fundamentally believe long-term, Catalyte and Surge have a very interesting business model in that it's really built around the developer, right? It's really built around our ability to uh, uh, create new development talent, developer talent in this country, and our ability to, to continuously transform people's lives, right? When I say transform people's lives, it's, yeah, it's, it's our clients and they're doing the great work, but at the end of the day, we're changing the world every day every single person that we're hiring in this company, right? Whether it comes through Surge, whether it comes through Catalyte. And so that's something that's very important that is at the core of the business, that our metric for success um, isn't 
just financials. Our metric for success is how many jobs are we creating? How many new jobs in the digital economy do we create on a daily basis? Um, and so having investors who really get jazzed up about that mission. Second, you know, the second thing I'll, I'll say, which may in some circles be interpreted as controversial, right, is that, you know, we're not a kind of quote unquote social impact investment. Right? We're not big believers in this concept of the double bottom line. But I think when you look at sort of the investors who've come on board, who, by the way, are not also, quote unquote, social impact investors, um, you know, we've been able to prove that having being a mission driven company can be fundamentally more profitable, can be a better business model than a company that's purely driven by economics. Right. And so I think that's that's another big thing that we're looking to prove here. Right. Is that companies should really be companies that stand for something more than just making money can do better. Right. And who can have better business models, who can be more successful, better margins uh, than the incumbents. And that's something that we also uh, want to prove, um, you know, w as we grow this company. Right. I think you're seeing that with a lot of also Fortune 500 companies, uh, articles coming out recently that they are investing heavily in training programs of grads just coming out of college or from other sources as well, realizing that, you know, you need to build a pipeline of talent and not have, as we've talked about before, the job opening that's entry level but needs five years experience. You're never going to get that, and that's going to fundamentally uh, mess up your business model for the foreseeable future. And send you in a downward spiral. That's absolutely right. I mean, I think that's at the heart of everything, ultimately it comes down to a philosophical change in how we look at talent, which is, you know, in the last 30, 40 years, we've moved to sort of this just-in-time approach to hiring, which is sort of a very transactional relationship that employers have with employees. They hire people because they have a specific narrow set of skills that solves this narrow problem right? We're thinking about it very differently, right? Is that, you know, in this world where we're thinking, you know, long-term, how do you drive innovation? How do you drive your capacity to actually adapt and change? Just like we talk about in companies, right? Continuous adaptation, continuous innovation, uh, continuous delivery, same goes with people, right? Is that human potential in what we do here at Catalyte, it's just the beginning, Right. A person, a new associate who comes into our program, it's just the beginning of a lifelong journey of continuous learning, continuous development. So when you start thinking about people as more than just a transaction and you think about your employees as more than just uh, uh, solving a specific short-term need and you start thinking about them as your capacity, an asset that grows with you over time, uh, an asset that will contribute back to the company many times over, then companies really should start thinking about how do you better invest employees? And more, most importantly, dear to my heart, is how do you invest in entry-level employees? Because that entry-level job, that's usually the inflection point upon which a lot of people's lives and frankly the trajectory of their families is built on is built upon is getting that first job that first entry level job and that being the platform to do amazing things and that's what we're trying to do here right we're trying to make it so that that on ramp into the future uh, can start here now that sounds like a great segue into my next question which is simply what's next other than this whole uh, growing people's jobs growing people's lives, growing people's careers. Where does this acquisition, where does this fundraising lead Catalyte in the future? That's a great question. I mean, so I, I mentioned at the outset, this is basically super, supercharging our growth, right? So we're a company now all of a sudden that I think, you know, we are four times the revenue size of what we were last year going into 2018 now. Um, we're a company that this year is, we're going to triple the number of development centers that we operate over, all over this country. 
uh, you know, we're already kicked off that process for Salt Lake City and Chicago. We're going to be very soon kicking it off in a number of other big metro areas as well. So that's that's happening as we speak. Our goal is to be to continually grow to become the largest American-based software engineering services company. Now, I'm saying that not to be jingoistic. I'm saying that to actually really kind of talk about using proximity to become that enabler of competitive advantage for our clients, right, is the fact that we can deliver all across the United States and be able to deliver software development projects, software development work with people local to our clients and with people all over the country, that is a big deal. That's going to drive not just better outcomes, better performance, better quality for our clients, but it's going to enable us to actually really start making a dent in the jobs market in the United States as well. We fundamentally believe that great developers can come from everywhere, right? And so we're going to scale that and scale that thesis out this year and beyond. We really view ourselves as a business that can really do good, um, who can be a great business, but also do social good at the same time, right? And I think that's also something we wanna scale out this way this year as well, to show that there are better models that are win-win-win, right? Between the client, between the employee, between the company, right? That everybody can win. It's not a zero-sum game, right? Everybody can win if we can just start growing that pie together. And where we're trying to grow that pie, again, is really in the, in the labor pool. We're trying to grow that pool of developers in the United States. And the, really the solution to that is just different ways of finding that talent um, and getting that talent scaled up and ramped up. We hope that uh, you know, as, as this company kind of keeps going forward that we as a company can be seen as a way that just shows that there is a way to, to, to create jobs in the US, that there is a way to actually address this digital divide more so than just simple you know, s simple things like just more training or, 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 or more handouts, right? This is a company where we earn our business every day by being better, by creating better outcomes for our clients. Um, and we, we, we were able to find, continuously find more talent because um, people can see that as being a platform that they can actually really advance their potential very quickly. So Jake, congratulations. And I look forward to continuing this journey throughout the year and where this goes. Thanks a lot.